Welcome to the Bone Coach Show, dedicated to helping you understand all things related to diet, lifestyle, bone health, and how you can live and thrive with low bone density and osteoporosis. I'm your host, Kevin Ellis, certified health coach, health and wellness speaker, and above all else, your bone coach. After being diagnosed with osteoporosis in my early 30s, I transformed my health through diet and lifestyle and now help my clients and community members do the same through my online coaching practice, Bone Coach. Look, there are no quick and easy cures for low bone density, but the choices we make every single day can have a powerful impact on our bones, our health, and our general well-being. I'll share the research, interview the experts, and help you figure out how to get the conditions right in your body so you can better your bones through diet and lifestyle. Short disclaimer, I'm not a medical doctor, and this show should not be considered medical advice. Always consult with your healthcare team before making medical decisions and changes to your diet and lifestyle. With that being said, let's get on with the show. There's one thing that we all should be doing innately that we don't do well, and that is breathe. Um, When we're under stress, we don't breathe. (laughs) We just, we power through. And what's cool about breath is the muscles that are used for breath actually calm the nervous system. They actually pull on the vagus nerve and calm the body down if we're breathing correctly. And so one of the things that I always say to do, and this is a way to use technology in a positive way, is set an alarm on your phone once an hour that says breathe and take two minutes, stop what you're doing, just be present in the moment, be grounded and just breathe. And you find that when you get into practice of doing that, then you start doing it more often. And as you do it more often, there's a calming effect that happens to your body and all these little things that upset you throughout the day and set you off just kind of start melting away um, just from us using our own natural ability to breathe. If you haven't done so already, especially if you're newly diagnosed with osteopenia or osteoporosis, or if your most recent bone density scan still showed more bone loss, go ahead and pause this episode and head over to bonecoach.com to sign up for your free seven-day osteoporosis kickstart guide. That's going to give you everything you need step by step by step over the next seven days to get on the path to improvement and stronger bones. You won't want to miss that. So pause this right now. Head over to bonecoach.com and I'll be here as soon as you get back. Welcome, welcome to this episode of the Bone Coach Show. Joining us today to explore adrenal health, our stress response, bone health, and a message of empowerment is Dr. Trisha Pingle. Dr. Pingle is a licensed naturopathic physician and she's known as the adrenal whisperer. She has dedicated nearly 15 years of her career as an adrenal and stress expert. She helps rock star women look and feel great by fixing their adrenals without using medications. Her specialty is getting to the root cause of health issues and restoring health and youthful energy. Since learning that she was one of 80% of adults who suffered from adrenal fatigue, Dr. Pingle has passionately educated about the impact of stress has on adrenals. She has helped thousands fix their adrenals, which results in the reversal of many other health symptoms, including perimenopause. And it is her greatest joy to guide people to return to their happy, vibrant, and energetic selves. She's been featured in a lot of different publications, TV shows. She lives in Arizona, and she's got kids and this cute little beautiful dog named Piggy. Oh, my gosh. This dog is so cute. You need uh, me to but, Piggy, now you? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But Dr. Pingle, it is so great to have you here. And I know that this is such a passion uh, of yours. And oh, there's Piggy, if you're watching on on uh, the video format of this, there's Piggy in the in the film right here. So uh, Dr. Pingle, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Kevin. And I'm sure we'll hear Piggy in the background the entire time snorting. So for no. those 
see her physically. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. So let's start out by talking about your journey, your story, and how you got to the point where you're helping all these people, all these women address adrenal fatigue and their stress. You know, I think like so many women out there in general, we're just go-getters and we power through and we just, things come at us and we just keep going. And I don't think my story is much different than many out there. You know, I've lost both parents. Um, I didn't grieve. I, I just powered through. You know, I went to med school. I powered through. I had kids. I powered through. I got married. I powered through. Financial issues, you know, all these things that come at you throughout your life. And you think, oh, it's just stress. I'll get over it. I just need to keep moving forward and keep moving forward. And it wasn't until my mom passed when I was 40 years old, she had been fighting with cancer and it was a very quick and rapid decline. And at that point I thought, oh my gosh, I haven't grieved. I haven't attached the emotion. I've disconnected with myself. And I found myself with all these symptoms that I was treating people for hair loss. I looked horrible, nutrition deficiencies. My thyroid wasn't working well, lots of gut issues. And I was on the way to becoming really sick simply from powering through and doing what we're trained to do. And so as I got my health back under control and I realized how much power I actually had to control the way that I lived my life, I was able to start implementing that in treating patients and watching people completely change their lives with just honestly some really simple steps. It doesn't have to be complicated and we don't have to power through. So here I am out there just trying to get everyone to recognize the stress and understand how much we can actually do for our health. And I'm so grateful for people like you that do what you do, because my gosh, you know, with all of us coming together, we're going to make a real change in this world. So thank you to you as well. I love that. And mm -hmm. and maybe we could talk about for the person who's listening and our audience is mostly women, 50 to 70 plus with osteopenia, osteoporosis, but for, uh, we also have men that listen as well, but for anybody who's listening right now, what would you say, like, how would they know if they're dealing with issues with their adrenals and maybe their stress response. Yeah. You know, I don't think there's a single, very many people on this planet who aren't constantly dealing with some sort of stress. In fact, the stress that we're under has just become normalized. Uh, when we brought in a cell phone and now we're dinged all day long and, you know, whether you turn off notifications or not, we're prompted to check it, right? We're prompted to figure out where is everybody? What's going on? So I think all of us are impacted by stress. The question is, how far has that impacted our health? So one of the things I tell people, men and women, is if you're going to a physician for a symptom and you're just being given a blanket diagnosis or no diagnosis at all, being told that your labs are great, but you feel horrible or, well, you have bone loss, so just take this med or, well, your thyroid's sluggish, just take this med, but you're not feeling any better. I always say, start looking for adrenal fatigue, start looking for how the lifestyle is now having an impact on your metabolism, the way your body functions. And uh, that's a great starting point. The symptoms are vast. Um, and I have yet and to find anyone that doesn't have some impact of stress on their health and hasn't seen benefit from working on it. Maybe we could talk about some of the specific tests. So maybe we're feeling a certain way and we have a suspicion that we have issues there. What are some of the specific tests maybe that we would want to start investigating and exploring? I have a, a pretty comprehensive list that I run and here's why is that when stress has an impact on the body, 
it impacts all these little reactions. So not to get too chemical, but if you were to say A plus B makes C, right? A and B are important, C is important, and there's all these little minerals and things along the top that drive that reaction. So stress impacts a lot of different aspects of that pathway. So a lot of uh, doctors would say, well, I've checked your cortisol and your cortisol is fine, so therefore your adrenals are fine. But cortisol is not the only factor here. You really have to look at each individual area and looking, are those reactions going where they need to go? Um, you know, so I look at full me metabolics, I look at inflammatory markers, I look at estrogen metabolism, I look at full thyroids. Um, a lot of the times, um, I'll look at a lot of nutritional markers, gut health. There's a lot of little hints along the way. Um, and in fact, if anyone goes, if your audience wants to know what labs I run, if you go to any of my social media profiles and in a comment, write labs, I will send you the lab list. Fantastic. Okay. Yeah. So that, that's great. And we'll link to your social channels here uh, in the show yeah. notes as well. And then one of the other things, I mean, obviously an important topic for our audience is their bone health. What's the connection between our stress, our adrenals, our bone health? Yeah, the top reasons, you know, for bone health decline are one, we talk a lot about weight bearing exercise and not doing enough of it, uh, mineral deficiencies, estrogen issues or imbalances, diabetes, thyroid conditions, inflammation, all of these are impacted or caused by a poor stress response. So let me go into it. It's kind of fun. This is the stuff I enjoy. So why would we not have weight-bearing exercise if we're under stress? What's the first thing you eliminate when you're under stress? Exercise, right? Nobody wants to go to the gym when you have to take care of so-and-so and this and that, do this. That's the one thing that we drop off of right away. Um, number two, mineral deficiencies. So incredibly common with adrenal fatigue. Um, and as you know, the bone is made up of so much more than calcium. Uh, we're talking about magnesium and strontium and boron and manganese and all of these little minerals that are imperative for bone health. And when we are under stress, we have direct mineral loss, but we also, our GI slows, so we don't absorb our food. So if you were, imagine you're in the woods, and you're taking a hike and along comes a bear and you see the bear and you freak out and your body starts to go, oh my gosh. And it thinks about running. It downregulates all of your digestion. So no longer are you absorbing those nutrients that you need to build bone from your food. And then the direct running from the bear also starts dumping minerals through the urine. So you lose that in two ways. And I would say that's probably the primary thing that I see um, when it comes to bone loss um, in people that have adrenal fatigue. Then when we get into estrogen-based imbalances, the cortisol and the hormone systems are all tied into each other, right? Cortisol always wins. And I say this all the time. If you're in front of a bear, you're not going to stop to have sex, right? You're not going to stop to reproduce. You're going to run, right? And your body will always choose to go towards that fight or flight response instead of managing your estrogen and your testosterone and your progesterone and your menstrual cycles and all of that. Same with diabetes, thyroid, inflammation, all mediated by stress. And we see that in our society every single day. And we're seeing it younger and younger uh, as well in younger children as they wake up scrolling on phones and getting that kind of quick fix technology type scenario. We're seeing more and more of these diseases. And ultimately, you may know the statistics even more than I, that's going to have bone health impacts on the pediatric population as well as they start to, to age. 
So it comes from so many different ways. And here's the best thing is managing stress doesn't hurt anyone. It, it only helps. <laughs> you can't go wrong when you start reducing your stress, you know, and managing your cortisol levels. And all of this is the best way to prevent any disease, including bone loss. And I would think one of the ways to start with that is to understand what all those potential stressors could be in your life. So maybe do some kind of self-evaluation because it's not always the lion or the bear, right? No, not everybody's walking around Glacier National Park and, uh, you know, these amazing places, you know, being confronted by these dangerous animals. It could be just everyday daily stressors. So what do you see as those everyday daily stressors that that may people may not be fully aware are actually having a negative impact on their health. Yeah, I think this comes down to the concept of external versus internal stress. We all know what external stress is, right? But all the stuff we deal with every day that we're just constantly chasing, the bears per se, the things that are coming up and throwing us off guard. But our body doesn't know the difference between a divorce or a vitamin C deficiency. It just knows it can't make what it needs to make. So if I were to, you know, make it for those that are on video, if I were to make this pen, right, there's all these different components of it that need to be put together. So if it's going down an assembly line and we're putting all these little pieces together and one of those pieces doesn't show up, that causes a lot of problems for the factory, right? Because now you're either going to produce a pen that doesn't write or it's not going to look right or you're gonna have excess of that piece or that piece. And so that's what the body does when it responds to stress or when it has something out of line, when it can't produce energy. Our product is energy. That's what we produce and it requires all these little pieces along the way. So the body doesn't know the difference. So these little, when we're scrolling our cell phone and we talk about how that causes dopamine hits and changes serotonin and all these types of things, that causes a kind of a kink in that assembly line, right? So it could be something as small as just your cell phone, a text that could cause the same response at this point to a bear because our bodies have adapted to this normalization of stress where the things that used to cause a massive response, now we hardly notice. Um, I don't know if you remember when the first cell phones first came out, like when they first started buzzing in my pocket, it was weird, right? It was like you jumped, remember? You're like, oh my gosh, what was that? And now you don't even notice. You just talk right over it. You know, we've adapted to that response that we no longer have. And our body doesn't know the difference. So it becomes the cycle. And then on top of that, once you are deficient in something, vitamin C, for example, that then causes a kickoff to be more stressful with other things, cause problems in other pathways that just become more stress and more stress and more stress. And we end up in this hamster wheel where it's no longer about divorce, death, finances, and all of that. Now it's about an internal problem that we have to go in and find. So what are some actionable things that people could, uh, you know, as they're evaluating their own situation and circumstances, what are some actionable things that they could do? Yeah, you had mentioned earlier, you know, really doing a lot of self-reflection. And I think for me personally, it was easy to do all the little things like exercise every day, eat right, and take supplements. But the one thing that I really didn't do until the last few years was really look at the mindset piece and what I had control over. We tend as people, I'm a people pleaser, always have been type A personality, and we tend to just let other people's energy come in and just bring us down. And I think there was a lot of self-reflection on my part and on my patients that I work with where we're like, okay, 
are we allowing this to happen? Are we allowing people to enter and be in our lives or treat us in a way that that we don't that we shouldn't accept? Um, or are there things that I find that trigger that little bear that really isn't about anything? It's just me doing that. You know, something that happened to me in childhood. When I when I was a kid, I was held down by four nurses to have my blood drawn. I think I had strep throat and they wanted to draw my blood. And I they would not tell me. Kevin, why they were doing it. And that was horrible for me because I'm a little kid. He's like, why? Why? You know, and they wouldn't do it. And it traumatized me to a point where I would not get my lab strong, like all through my adulthood, right? I'd never dealt with that. I'm sure that created a massive fear response in my head that set all sorts of stuff off and alarmed all these bears throughout my life. And it wasn't until I sat down and really went deep and said, why? What exactly? happened there? What is it that scared me so much that I can't just let that go? And I think we all have that. But I think it's a good practice as a human and just to be well and in preventative medicine to constantly looking at what's blocking us, what's stopping us, you know? And that's the piece that's the hardest to get over. You know, our brains are smart. (laughs) Absolutely. I mean, that the self-reflection and, you know, that kind of work, that is some of the hardest work that you could possibly do, but it's so important. And it's going to feel uncomfortable as you start to go down that path. But, you know, we've had multiple people talk about uh, the connection between stress and trauma and, and your health and your bones, and just having a good, vibrant, active future. And sometimes it takes working through some of those things. And, and it's okay if it doesn't feel you know, comfortable as soon as you get into it, but it, you'll get there. Um, yeah. Any any other actionable things? So self-reflection is important. Very Understanding important. that the labs, the mineral deficiencies, those things can contribute, but any other actionable things that you can think of that would be important for our audience? For sure. There's one thing that we all should be doing innately that we don't do well, and that is breathe. Um, when we're under stress, we don't breathe. <laughs> we just, we power through. And what's cool about breath is the muscles that are used for breath actually calm the nervous system. They actually pull on the vagus nerve and calm the body down if we're breathing correctly. And so one of the things that I always say to do, and this is a way to use technology in a positive way, is set an alarm on your phone once an hour that says breathe and take two minutes Stop what you're doing, just be present in the moment, be grounded, and just breathe. And you find that when you get into practice of doing that, then you start doing it more often. And as you do it more often, there's a calming effect that happens to your body. And all these little things that upset you throughout the day and set you off just kind of start melting away um, just from us using our own natural ability to breathe. Yeah. And it's free, which is great. <laughs> it's one of those things that's free that is available to everybody. So you don't have an excuse to to not do this one. Right. And it's something you're already doing. So why not be more, yeah. more intentional about it? Yeah. You don't have to leave work to do it. No one's going to say, oh, sorry, you can't breathe right now. Like you can do that at any time and you can do it in any place. And so that is a practice that I'm still working on myself. Just being a busy person. I catch myself all the time, not breathing. And it's really important and definitely something that is 100% doable. So if that's one thing you walk away with, start breathing, set a timer if you have to, uh, put notes all over your computer, you know, stop to breathe. And nasal breathing, nasal breathing Mm -hmm. is important to bring breathing in through the nose is really, really important. So you can breathe out through the nose and out through the mouth, but breathing in through the nose is really, really important. Uh, And a lot of people don't do that. Not at all. Um, So that, 
That's fantastic. And then I would love to, maybe we can walk through any other, uh, so we talked about the adrenal health, we talked about the stress response, we talked about some actionable things. Any other uh, like thyroid health, uh, I think that's probably a big, a big issue here. Can we talk about thyroid health a little bit and how that oh. connects to bone health? Absolutely. Um, well, I mean, you're the expert on thyroid health connecting to bone health, right? I mean, we're, you know, it, it plays a pivotal role in it. But the one thing that I deal with a lot and see a lot is Hashimoto's thyroiditis. And I see a lot of subclinical hypothyroidism and hypothyroidism. What does that mean? So when we look at hypothyroidism, that's absolute low thyroid levels, meaning that the thyroid is not producing thyroid hormone at the correct rate, right? And this can result in all sorts of symptoms and everyone knows them, right? The things you hate, fatigue, hair loss, insomnia, weight gain, wrinkles, you know, um, bone, bone loss. Um, but what I find happens quite a bit is that stress and adrenal health plays a huge role in the way that we convert thyroid, in the way that we utilize thyroid. So in many of the clients I see, they actually have pretty good thyroid levels. And in fact, they've been dismissed multiple times saying, no, your TSH is great. No, you're fine. There's nothing wrong here. When in fact, they're producing thyroid, but they're not converting it appropriately into the active form. And this is due for a couple of reasons. Number one, if their body is under stress or has adrenal issues, the adrenal gland will prompt the thyroid to store instead of go active. So kind of like a hibernating bear, it's like it's storing up, it's storing up for the winter so that when it gets up, it can use it. So if you're constantly under stress using my bear example, and you keep anticipating that there's going to be another one and there's going to be another one, the body starts to say, you know what? We've had a lot of bears lately, so we're going to start storing a little extra fat. We're going to start storing a little extra something just in case because we're going to need energy in the future. So I've seen that happen. And secondly, the same thing with bone loss, all of those mineral losses through um, malabsorption and also through direct loss, the thyroid relies on minerals. It relies on it to function appropriately. So I see this all the time and I see it mismanaged all the time. I see thyroid medication thrown at it and it actually goes into a storage form. And they keep up in the dosage and up in the dosage and up in the dosage. And it just keeps storing and storing and storing. And the patient's saying, I don't feel well. I don't look well. I don't feel well. I have autoimmunity. All these things are going on. They're like, yeah, but your levels are great. So the thyroid is one that often um, is a really good indicator that the adrenals need to be looked at. You know, because obviously if you have low thyroid function or utilization, you're going to have so many other problems that develop from there and you really need to nip it in the bud. I love that. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah. it's, it's such an important piece and a lot of people aren't focused on it or, or maybe they are focused on it, but they haven't completely figured it out. Well, it's really important. And on the lab list that I do, and like I said, just go to any of my social media. It doesn't matter which post you pick, just pick one and write labs and it'll send it to you. But on there is a full thyroid workup because a lot of people think it's just about checking a TSH and a T4 when really there's so many other numbers in there that need to be checked in order to really understand what's going on. Going back to the pen example, like there's different parts of the thyroid. So one number could be great and the next number could not be. And that will tell you exactly what part of the pen is missing. And then you know how to treat it. I think so often people come in and say, how do you treat this, Dr. Pingle? How do you treat this? And I go, well, why is it happening? Then I know how to treat it. If, I, if you know why it's happening, then it's a lot easier to get in there and intercept rather than just looking at the end result, looking at the product. 
um, of poor energy. You know, how do you treat poor energy? Well, why aren't we creating energy? You know, and then you start working backwards from there. Let's talk about two other things. Yeah. One of them, one of them is uh, something that people can do uh, to support their bones, to support their mental health as well. And it's something that you do quite frequently, and that's dancing. Uh-huh. So let's let's talk about <laughs> dancing, uh, your your background with that, and then how you're using that to help your own health too. Uh, dancing saved my life, Kevin. It saved my life. When I was a kid, I used to dance, and that was my outlet. That was where I went when I felt badly. I turned music on. My dad was a musician. Um, so I grew up with the guitar, you know, playing every morning at breakfast. Um, my whole family was in the entertainment industry. So grew up with different types of creative outlets. And as I got busy and I got stressed and I started going through all these things, the first thing I cut out was dance. Still loved music and I'd still listen to it, but I didn't get the joy out of it. It was kind of like it was in the background while my mind was buzzing. And when I went through this huge shift in my health many years ago after the death of my mom, one of the suggestions that I had by a Reiki practitioner and by people that I was working with was, what brings you joy? What makes you happy? And I think I had spent so many years afraid to play music and dance because maybe it would remind me too much of my dad, you know, make me cry, have to deal with the grief. Um, and that was such a mistake on my part because once I started dancing, I put myself into the teen dance class because there were no adult dance classes. So there's all these 14, 15 year olds. I walk in as, you know, a 40 some year old woman and just started dancing and started picking that practice back up. And the joy that came back um, in my life of not just feeling the music and being able to let those emotions out, but I started to realize how much I had actually disconnected, how much my head and my body were had not been connected and dance brought them back together. I have to think of the move I have to do the move. I have to do it correctly. And then if I don't, I have to let it go because I don't have time to dwell on the fact that I missed a move. I got to keep going, right? And so there's a lot of stress reduction in that when you can be 100% in the moment of whatever you do. In that hour, well, I take two hours on Mondays. I take one hour on Thursdays of all sorts of different types of hip hop. And um, I love hip hop. Hip hop's my favorite. I'll dance to anything, but that's my favorite. But in that moment, I'm not thinking about my day in any in any way. All I'm thinking about is what's the beat in the music? How can I feel it? What's the move I need to do? And how can I just let loose? And I think if all of us could just find one hobby that does that for ourselves to be able to reconnect ourselves with ourselves, like there's so much joy in that. I will dance in that dance class. I told the teacher until I'm until I cannot dance anymore. Um, because when I stop dancing, my friends need to all start calling and saying, What's going on, Trisha? Something's wrong. So yeah, it's kind of fun. I enjoy it. Yeah, you're great at it. You're you're <laughs> really great at it. So, um, and and for everybody listening too, you know, Dr. Trisha, she does she does hip hop, you know, and that's great for having some impact, especially on your your lower half as well. So you've got some of that great impact that can help support better bone density uh, and bone strength. But you don't have to necessarily do hip hop. You can do <laughs> other forms of dancing too. I, I hear a lot of people tell me they like ballroom dancing or they want to take that up or some other form. And it's good to just do it. Just like Dr. Trisha was talking about, get one of those things into your routine and just get something to look forward to also. Yeah. I have a sign in my kitchen that says this kitchen is for dancing. 
So when we cook, when I cook with my kids, we dance, we listen to music. When we get in the car, we listen to music and we groove just while we're driving. Like it doesn't have to be this massive thing. I just happen to love hip hop dance, but I think it's it's the idea that you can just let loose into something just uninhibitedly and just not worry about anything else going on around you. We spend so much time worrying about what everyone else will think of us when really we are really cool people deep down. If we just reconnect to it, there's so much joy and, and fun in all of us. So dancing is a great way to do that. Amen. And by the way, yeah. um, so you like hip hop. I personally, I, I mean, I like a lot of different music. Uh, used to, I listened to about 95% country music as I was growing up in Missouri. First job on a farm, you know, that was kind of my go-to. But I love, now that I've got kids too, we listen to Andy Grammer. And yeah. uh, I love it. It's just wholesome music, but it's good. And he's got the the hip hoppy stuff to it. <laughs> like, it's great. I love it. Maybe uh, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, right. I want lyrics. <laughs> yeah, for everybody listening, we're just chatting now. But um, and, but then the last thing that I wanted to talk about, which you just kind of circled around, which was maybe we can discuss simple ways to return to now. That's kind of something that you talk about. And you've just got this beautiful message of empowerment. So maybe you could share that with everybody. Yeah, it's hard, isn't it? We bet we face so much on our past and not so much on just being present, you know, in where we are in our lives. I think I don't know. I'll, I'll give you a little story because maybe it will help. Is that what I've gone through with the grief and, and losing my mom and losing my dad very young and I don't have any siblings, right? So my grandparents and my parents were gone uh, by the time I was 40, uh, many of them dying when I was quite a bit younger. And I think one of the biggest regrets when my mom was dying of cancer about a month before she died, we were laying in a, in a bed and I said, mom, do you have any regrets in your life? Anything at all? And she said, I just have one regret. And she goes, I wish I wouldn't have spent so much of my time worrying about that 10 pounds. She's like, imagine how much I could have been doing and how many things I could have been present in if I just wasn't constantly looking at my body and judging myself. And I thought that was a really valuable thing and something that kind of stuck with me is that we fill our heads with so much. But the reality is we could be gone tomorrow and we could have just missed a really, really awesome moment to connect with someone, connect with ourselves and to be present. And although we always want to be working towards health and we always have all these goals that we want to set, and I think they're incredibly valuable, there's also a lot of value in just being here right now. Um, I mean, she couldn't go to the bathroom by herself. Like we take that for granted, right? that we can get up a walk from our chair to the bathroom and not have to wait for assistance. So little things like that, I think are so important to be grateful for. And I think practicing gratitude can help a lot with being present in the moment. Just looking at the things that maybe went bad for the day, but turning them into something that was beneficial for the day. If I run late, you know, it sucks I'm late, but I get to spend 10 more minutes with my kids. You know, I, I maybe I missed something on the way to work that, would have had a negative impact on me. You know, I, I can't I can't control all the factors, but what I can control is what I'm doing right now. What I say, how I feel, how I connect with other people, and we all have the power to do that. So I guess my biggest encouragement is when you find yourself stuck and you find yourself stuck with all the stuff and your brain's just going, just re start recognizing that that's a sign that you might need to just reconnect with right now. Going back to the breath, just kind of saying a couple gratitude lines, just something to to re-cement you and that you are where you are right now because you're supposed to be there right now, right? It's okay to be there right now. 
there's, there's something else down the line. We don't have to dwell on it. We'll be where we are right now and then take action on what we're going to do next. And that's how I try to live my life and try to pass forward to my kids. And hopefully, hopefully they pick that up for me as they, as they age. They're listening. They're watching. They're yeah. listening. And that's a, and that's a beautiful message. And I mean, you know, I think most of my audience knows my father, he passed away at a really young age. And I, I always think back to how, you know, I, I was two months old. My brother was two years old. My mother just lost the person that meant the most to her in the world. Um, and I always think back to, I'm living this life for both of us. And it really helps me be present and really view being a father as an opportunity that he didn't have. So I'm, I get to be the father. He didn't get the chance to be for me. And, uh, you know, it, that is something that helps me in the present day. And for everybody listening, it could be somebody in your life like that as well. Right? You're here now you have the opportunity, live, live life, enjoy it, enjoy the people around you and just do things for you too. Yeah, that's beautiful. And I think that's a fantastic way to look at it. Thank you. You helped me. Now I have to think about myself as a mother and, you know, and a parent and the things that, that my parents weren't able to experience necessarily. So it's a beautiful thing, Kevin. Well, let's, let's let people know where they can find you and actually let's let them know how you help people first. <laughs> and then, uh, it's obviously centered around the topic that we discussed today, but let's let people know how you help them and then where they can find you as well. Sure. You can find everything at drpingle.com. It's a great resource. I have articles on how stress impacts different areas of your health. So you can learn more. I have online programs and group programs. I have one-on-one concierge medicine. I have a book, uh, total health turnaround, which basically breaks down how stress impacts all the things we talked about today, Kevin, the thing, how it impacts your thyroid, your gut, your mood, your sleep, your hormones, and then goes into how the medications are sometimes making that worse and how we need to look at this from a different perspective. Uh, so everything is found at drpingle.com. And you can also find me on Instagram. If you like the dancing, Instagram is a great place to find me at Do Dr. It. Follow her. <laughs> Follow her. What's the handle? At Dr. Pingle, D-R-P-I-N-G-E-L. So I figure if we're going to educate, we might as well dance while we educate, you know, and have a little bit of fun with it. So I do that quite a bit as well over there. And then on Facebook also uh, at Dr. Trisha Pingle. Wonderful. Well, and thank you so much for coming on sharing your knowledge, your expertise and your words of empowerment. And it's it's just great to connect with you. And I've had the privilege of getting to know you, you know, over the, the past couple of years and you're just an amazing person. And I love your dog too. <laughs> oh God, the dog is so cute. This little dog is piggy. What kind of dog is that dog? She is a French bulldog. A French bulldog. And and those are the ones here that on the couch. Are, yeah. Those are the ones that have their little noses kind of mushed in. Oh my gosh, so cute. I, I love dogs. Absolutely love them. Anyway, uh, <laughs> for everybody listening, you can find all of the resources, show notes, everything mentioned here today over at bonecoach.com. I will link to this episode in the show notes. And I just want to thank everyone again so much for their time. We'll see you in the next episode. Hope you found this episode of The Bone Coach Show helpful. You can find all the resources, show notes, everything mentioned over at bonecoach.com. If you enjoyed this episode and found it helpful, be sure to share it with someone you love, a friend, family member, even a group of people. And also be sure to hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode that can help you improve your bones, your health, and your future. 
One last reminder, if you haven't done so already, head over to bonecoach.com for more great resources to help you get on the path to stronger bones and an active future. I'm your bone coach, Kevin Ellis. I'll see you in the next episode.